Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining Mo and Tate with the Gay Chow. How's everybody? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a month. The longest month ever. Oh, my God. I forget January is like the longest month of the year. Like January would have you feeling like you're already five months in. It's not even. It's, I have no words. I don't. <laughs> it's like I hope this is not going to be how the rest of the year is going to sit just based on January alone. Because that would be sad. But I've been telling people I'm honestly okay with my January. I mean, I'm not going to say on a scale of 1 to 10, I'll give it like a 7. But in comparison to previous Januaries, it's a lot better. Because last year around this time, I was in a dark place. (laughs) I mean, if I compare it to other years, then yeah, it's much better. I'm in a much better place. Yeah. But like, this week gets a 6. This week wasn't shit. I'm over here sipping on my tea that's mixed with rum. <laughs> Cracking. Because that's his new favorite drink now. <laughs> Tate just like Because I have no other coast. chasers or mixers. It's literally just water or tea. Yeah. And like I said in the last episode, I've gotten into drinking tea and putting a little liquor in it. So, you know, that's my thing now. But yeah, this week like was. to relax, but get a little pick me up. A little pick me up. Yeah. I just left like a nine hour shift. So I definitely need to pick me up. But I'm doing what I love now. And. This week has been one for the records. Yeah, I think it's important (laughs) that we address the elephant in the room. So, on my off day, um, I was just relaxing and had just woken up from a nap. And I get a text from my ex, and he's like, Kobe Bryant died. Normally, I wouldn't respond because it's an ex. Ew. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right, I have an ex story of my own, but you finish first. This is important. (laughs) Yeah. I text back and I was like, what? I didn't even wait on a response. I literally went to Google. I typed in Kobe Bryant and really like he had been in a plane crash. And I was just like, oh, my God. And first thing that came to mind was this man has been here since I was a little boy. Like it's certain people that are just monumental figures um, in pop culture, whether you appreciated what they did or not. And let's be clear, I had a great appreciation for what Kobe did, but I'm no sports fanatic. Never played sports a day in my life. Um, Same here, but the Lakers are always on every year. Always. And I mean, I had a basketball goal in my backyard when I was little and like the neighborhood kids would literally come to my house to play and I would be in the house. Mm. Um, I just wasn't into sports, but I knew this man was alive and I knew um, I knew he did for the world. and I knew his greatness. So it's like. Certain people that you know are in here, it's like you feel their impact. And I felt that. I think all of L.A., the world felt that. Like, Los Angeles is so sad right now. He was also an advocate for women's sports as well. Um, I actually just learned from, unfortunately, I'm just now learning this because he unfortunately passed away, is that he seriously supported women's sports and not just basketball. And also mm-hmm. coaching the next generation uh, through his daughter and her team that he created. And he really believed that women were just as good as sports and should be promoted on the same caliber as men's sports. And I, that really blew me away. I can't believe I never knew that. I never knew that until now. And I feel like that's so important. I don't think any male athletes have stressed the importance of both male and female athletes. Cause I think female athletes kind of get put on the back burner. Yeah. They or- hardly get any attention and that just sucks. Like I would actually like this year to, pay attention to more women's sports I, i'm not a sports fanatic at all even just like mo 
but <laughs> I probably would be more interested if it was women's sports because, you know, lesbians, most of yeah. them are public. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it. I try not to be like, I don't know. I try not to judge or assume, but I mean, I feel like a vast majority majority of them are. That's not my only reason to watch. I'm just <laughs> trying to be funny, but um, but women's sports are just as important, but the, unfortunately they don't get as much promo as the men's sports do. And that's true. And I didn't even know. I didn't know that about him, honestly. And his daughter, oh, my God. Like, everyone on board. Like, it was just crazy. And I can honestly say it's still affecting me, losing such a monumental figure. And he did so much. And a part of me was wondering, like, if she had grown older and got into the WNBA, because that was her goal, what would that have done to women's sports in general? Would she have taking it to that higher caliber that Kobe Bryant was trying to do also. Right. I feel like she had she it. she like turned every- that around being his legacy. Yeah, because he and was... we'll never know that. He was literally Michael Jordan's legacy. Like, he was our Michael Jordan. And I feel like I grew up in an era, like, I'm older than you, I'm 27. I feel like I got Michael Jordan and Kobe. I'm kind of like in a weird generation where we got... Michael Jordan's definitely my dad's generation. Yeah. Because you're how old? You're 20. 25. I'm going to be 25 this year. I'm currently 24, mm-hmm. but I'm close to 25. Yeah. So maybe you were a little too young to remember MJ, but. I mean, like, I know who MJ is, but as far as, like, was I aware, was I, like, maybe watching him on TV? Probably not. I think he was yeah. probably, like, close to retirement by the time. Um, By the time I was, like, aware of basketball on TV, I guess. The same. That's how I feel, too. Also, what's, like, very rare is that he was on the same team the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how common that is, but I know that athletes will switch teams a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not entirely sure how common it is for someone to stay on a team team. But that really impresses me. He was dedicated to the Lakers. He put his entire life and a career on just the Lakers alone. And yeah. I feel like he's – I even say that he's even ambassador to just L.A. alone because mm-hmm. he's given L.A. his career and his life. Yeah, I mean, he is L.A. I feel like him and Nipsey. He's synonymous to L.A. Yeah, we lost two monumental men that are synonymous to L.A. And it's just like a sad time right now during Grammy weekend. I feel like Grammy weekend's cursed. (laughs) Right. And that's even on top of the crazy (laughs) week. Like, you know, we lose a really great person, Kobe Bryant, and it's also the Grammys. Like, how do you celebrate? You don't. It's like You do your best. You just try to get through it and pay your tributes weekend yeah because in the in the grammys a, lot, a few people did that i think lizzo did alicia keys a couple of times uh lil nas x did mm-hmm. by putting his jersey in the scene mm-hmm. um and that was the ones at the top of my head because we lost amy winehouse grammy weekend we lost prince. whitney houston we lost prince and chris had their altercation with rihanna during Nipsey grammy Hustle. weekend nipsey i'm just like everyone died <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start, like, being on edge during Grammy weekend. Like, protect yourself. Like, what's going on? And I saw so many, like, tweets and, like, everyone on social media was going off as far as the Grammys being held at the Staples Center. There was a lot of conflict and people felt like because the Staples Center was and is Kobe's second home that it should have been postponed or they shouldn't have held it there and they should have allowed the fans to mourn outside of the Staples Center and have their moment and really um, just celebrate his legacy. How did you feel about that? I think, if anything, that's even more reason to do it because he would want the show to go on. He loved music. 
Right, yeah, and you can't cancel all these stars. His are like, is still there. Yeah, and all these, like, celebrities are in town. They've flown out, and, like, what are you going to do? Like, oh, the Grammys aren't happening today. Like, I get it. Because all these celebrities have, like, I'm sure, hectic schedules. They're probably mm-hmm. not going to come back the next weekend. Yeah. Like, like a school project or something like they're not going to do that they have schedules and i'm sure he would have been at the grammys and he would have wanted the show to go on yeah but if i remember seeing this aerial shot inside the stadium where they posted on like some sort of a framed in some sort of wall like high up of both his number eight and number 24 jersey Mm -hmm. and it's not even like a sporting event so i'm hoping that they're going to just keep that there at all times no matter what is going on in the stable center what event is going on i'm hoping that because the Staples Center was Kobe's second home, essentially, mm-hmm. that they'll just keep that there forever. He's going to be celebrated for a while. We lost an icon, and it's like... I know. You know what's so <laughs> crazy is that when I found out, I was at work, I was on my lunch break, and I was dozing off because it was an early shift, and I was tired. And then one of my coworkers was on her phone, and she woke me up just to tell me. Like, I just... I was asleep for maybe a couple minutes. Like, I wasn't trying to sleep, but I dozed off. And... <laughs> Um, my head shot up and she's like <laughs> was it Sarah who was it we can say names they listen to our it podcast. was Georgie Georgie it would be Georgie <laughs> <laughs> anyway so <laughs> she was freaking out about something and that's when I woke up um, I mean not to laugh at that but just Georgie like if you know Georgie like she's so tuned into social media and like pop culture like she would be the one to inform out. you yeah I probably wouldn't have found out if I was in a room with her. I probably would have found out, like, later in the day. Yeah, I love her for that. Like, she always keeps me informed on anything pop culture or news-related when I don't know. Yeah, so then what happened was that um, she was freaking out, and I'm half asleep, but also figure out what happened. She's like, Kobe died. And I'm just, like, frozen. I'm like, what do you mean? That was me. I was like, um, is there another one? I, I took that as if, like, someone just told me that aliens have finally landed on Earth. We're going to interrupt right there because this is me in the future. We've been talking about this for like 10 more minutes and it got (laughs) depressing really sad. So we're going to interrupt right there abruptly and just go straight into the Grammys. Yeah. Into the Grammys we go. Into the Grammys we go. Okay. What were your summer highlights, Mo? So first thing I noticed, and y'all know I went to school for fashion and retail management. And if you didn't know, now you know. I noticed the red carpet looks immediately. Any award show, I'm super focused on what everyone's wearing. Um, some highlights for me were Billie Eilish. Yeah. I like how she like she looks comfortable, but also really cool. And I like, like the If I medium. were to be on red carpet, like, dresses are fun, but, like, I love how comfortable she looked. She always looks comfortable, and I like the fact that she dresses like that because she's young. Head to toe Gucci. Head to toe Gucci and oversized looks because she doesn't want to be hypersexualized, and she's only 18, so I get it. That makes sense. She also had Gucci nails. Gucci nails. Like, those were cool. (laughs) Like, I forgot her stylist name, but she is drilled. All credit to her. All credit, because a lot of people, um... I don't know. I feel like they're on the fence about her fashion or they just don't like it, but I kind of rock with it. Actually, I do rock with it. It's really cool. Her, her, I like her stance on like not being sexualized. A lot of times I do like to wear form-fitting things. However, I, I'm on her side. I don't like to be sexualized a lot, even though it's it's almost, I feel almost feel like I'm about to make myself say like I'm making myself sexualized, but like mm-hmm. I'm not. Like I don't, just because I wear something doesn't mean I want to be sexualized. It's just like what I'm comfortable in. I like form-fitting things to mean those things are most comfortable and what I feel my best in. 
And that saying goes into what a woman wears does not give you consent. Just because I'm dressed sexy or because a woman's dressed sexy does not mean touch me or make um, comments or remarks. It's exactly. the way I want to dress. Like to you, I may be dressed like a hoe, but that's subjective. I may not feel like a hoe. So don't touch me. Don't make comments. Don't touch don't. me. Exactly. I like. a teacher that just says, don't touch me. Verbatim, strictly, do not touch me. Maybe it needs to say, do not. Break it down. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, w- oh, what if it was like a t shirt that says do not on front and on the back is a me. list? No, like it says a list of things. Do not touch me. Do not talk to me. Do mm. not. In bullet points. Right. Like, be, like it could go whole list down the spine. <laughs> like, do not do any of the following. Do not cat call me. Do not touch me. Do not. This list can go on. Now that's a level of feminism. <laughs> Maybe that's a merch idea. Mm. Maybe in the future we'll have merch and I'll just be. You know what? Merch it. T-shirt it. <laughs> Maybe we'll put on a mug. That'd be a one. That'd be too many words on a mug, but we'll see. <laughs> well, well, we'll find a way. I'll put tea and liquor in my mug, like the one I have right now. Still <laughs> drinking his tea cracking mug. His yeah, t- his tea cracking tea. I mean, I've never drank cracking until I met Tate. Honestly, because I'm the only one I know that drinks it. It's not bad. I'm usually not a rum drinker, but I like dark liquor. Because um, I can't find it in, in uh, like I say bars, even in like the really nice ones. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely just one I can only find in grocery stores. Okay. And it's like not a cheap rum. Good to know. But I feel like we're starting to ramble. The drink's hidden. We're um. <laughs> getting off topic again. See, that's okay. That's the beauty <laughs> of this episode. And if we didn't mention it, at least we're doing it before it's the 15 minute mark. Mm-hmm. So basically the point of this episode is to kind of highlight topics that we wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. but couldn't fit into an entire episode so we're gonna kind of like spitballing some things and we're gonna improv a little bit like we just did and um so we got like a number of topics we're gonna talk about that again we couldn't fit into the whole episode because january was full january was eventful like i felt like 2020 would start off pretty eventful and i kind of like that we could do this at the end of every month Mm -hmm. so like Every last Thursday, we could just like wrap up the month and just kind of improv, talk yeah. about things that we couldn't talk about at length, right. and just kind of like close the month. Like, what did the month give us? A lot, and I feel like the whole month of January is pretty quick, but also slow at the same time. Like, this is the first month where January kind of like sped up, slowed down. The roller coaster sped up, <laughs> and it's like for me, I'm not used to January being like that. But yeah, back to what we were talking about. Back to the Grammys, real quick. The Grammys. Um, I liked Ariana Grande's look. Yeah, it was definitely wait like from the red carpet or one of her performances. I liked the red carpet look, even though I. F- it was like a ball gown, and then yeah. she did like almost another gown her performance before mm-hmm. kind of shipping it down for seven rings she's been so consistent throughout the years and she started her rapping like yeah. at, towards the end i was surprised like okay hurry <laughs> i like ariana like she delivers the same thing on stage but they won't label her as a rapper they'll just keep laboring as a pop star um because in my eyes i try not to generalize any artist because i'm an artist at the end of the day um if i want to rap today i will and if i want to sing tomorrow i will but, no, but like they could label say like on charts at least. Oh, this is a rap song. Like if it was a rap song, Seven Rings was low key a rap song. But it was on an album that was labeled as pop. Yeah, but let's say if it was like, I don't know, she won a award for best mm-hmm. rap song or rap record. Mm-hmm. 
then I would be an appropriate nomination in my eyes or in my ears, I should say. See, some people go back and forth because it was a pop song with rap elements. So it was a trap beat, but she was singing, had like a rap-esque flow, but it was still very much so pop to me with rap elements. But it felt like she was more so like rapping than singing. And I feel you on that. And that's where we go into Lizzo, who I feel like is a talented rapper. Lizzo's performance was amazing. I'm just gonna say that real quick because it felt okay. First of all, the first thing I noticed that there was ballerinas and do rags, and I'm just like, yes. If I, (laughs) I loved that, and because at first I'm trying to figure out what's that on their heads, and then they kind of get a little closer, and it's a do rag, and I've only worn them a couple times. Well, actually, for a long time when I had my hair straightened, Mm -hmm. and this is the easy way to maintain your your look is by wearing a do rag, and um she had like this jumpsuit that looked like it's from the future mm-hmm. and then truth hurts kind of got this like orchestra remix because there's like mm-hmm. people in an orchestra basically behind her mm-hmm. and she had like a flute um she had a flute solo and it was just like a really great n- another great performance of truth hurts and a lot of people were saying that it was so unapologetically black and lizzo's gotten a lot of backlash for I guess, and I quote this, not being black enough or making music that's too pertaining to a white audience. And I feel like she's very black. Um, and the opinion's very subjective. You can it's hear like, in her music that she's unapologetically black. Yeah, like, I feel like whenever a black artist does something that's not conventionally black or dabbles in pop music or any genre other than hip-hop and R&B, and we're just going to keep it a buck. Um, they call them sellouts. They say they're making white people's music, et cetera. And there's no such thing like music. All music is black music. Yeah. Like a lot All music of music is everyone's music at this point. Exactly. It's like anybody can dabble into any type of music that they want to. Um, art is expression. It doesn't matter your race. Like at this point, let people do what they want to do. Let people express their art, how they want to express it. And I feel like Lizzo's, been grinding for a long time she's been out for a minute and she's just now having her big break and she's like got an award for best new artist wasn't it or she was nominated at least yeah and even like she's been out for like a couple years but because she's getting more traction now i guess that's what qualifies her i want to say seven to ten years i was listening to her back in 2014 2015 but she was out way before then yeah she's She's been she's been here for a while and she's like i think 31 or 32 i want to say 32 yeah um and she's just not getting her recognition as well deserved so happy for lizzo shout out for her um, i also want to shout out tyler the creator because another person who's unapologetically black was definitely him in his performance he also he wore his like his suit and like the uh blonde bull wig and then he had like basically clones of him kind of going up towards him and they were all black and i thought that was a really great performance and his music isn't doesn't align with just one genre is definitely but he won an award for like best urban contemporary and there was a quote that he had an issue with the word urban mm-hmm. and it's kind of like depending on the t- context i guess it depends on the context and tone because because urban i think like i'm because i didn't even look it up i'm wondering what other who else was nominated in that category and if everyone in that category was brown I feel then like that would be like, okay, so clearly you have a very strict definition of what urban means. I agree with his statement. I have been on both sides of the margin and 
I've been in a situation where Urban was used in a racist context towards me, and I've been in a situation where Urban was used in a completely harmless context where it was literally in regards to my fashion, and I got it from that person. I was like, it's not a racist comment. It is indeed Urban fashion. It does it has nothing to do with the context of me being black or African-American. You just happen to be black. Yeah. In that sense. And I've also been in the context where I was calling to the office for having dreadlocks, and I was told they were very urban by a white manager, which was racist. Yeah, um, they can do that. And then she told they, me there's a gray area between being professional and being um, street. And she was like, if you're going to have dreadlocks, you need to wear a suit and button down every day to even it out or balance it out. One, she called my dress braids. And two... It was a meeting because I changed my appearance and she was like, oh, this isn't the person that we hired. Like you come in with these beautiful dreadlocks, beautiful braids, she said, which was bullshit. It was to soften the blow. Like you really didn't think my hair was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my encounter with the word urban being used as a soft, I guess, approach of saying the N word. That's how I felt. Like, I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I think. Another interpretation of that is if you watch the show Blackish with Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis, uh, at Andre's job, he's like the urban voice for this marketing firm. And that's his, the, I don't remember his entire title, mm-hmm. but I know the word urban is in that. And t- his boss reminds him that of like every episode that like mm-hmm. you're the urban voice right. in this. And it's he's like the co- token He's the token diversity, right? Like in that situation, mm-hmm. and there's also uh, Dion Cole. I don't remember his character's name, but he's mm-hmm. in there too. So I think that was like a poor choice of words on yeah. like this fictional boss's um, point. Right. Even that was the whole point. The whole point of this character was that he's like passive aggressively low key, but also somewhat high key racist. Is that right. like he hired this black guy to be? the diversity voice and he has got the word urban in there mm-hmm. it's a tricky word it's not to say that you can't say the word urban because like if i say i'm going to urban outfitters <laughs> you know, like, i'm obviously not gonna have an issue yeah and in that context it's like urban outfitters they use it in a street context it's like okay when you walk into urban not. what do you see you see like street fashion trendy fashion you know it's all fast it's more fashion. trendy than street but that's just me definitely more trendy and then it depends on how you style it but to insinuate that someone's urban based off of just an appearance um depending on the situation it can come off wrong yeah and especially with music it's really tricky Mm -hmm. but something that also stood out to me with the grammys was the exclusion of rock and alternative music and that really turns me off i i'd even watch the grammys i've been I've only watched like clips for just preparation of like being able to talk about it. But honestly, I didn't give a flying fuck about the Grammys. And if they had like aired the the rock and alternative categories, then people more people would have seen that there was a black man that won not just the contemporary blues album but category, but also best rock performance and best rock song. And that was Gary Clark Jr. Shout out to him. Shout out. Oh my God, that's amazing. There's definitely not an, at least when it comes to black and brown people in rock music, most people will think about the older music like, say, Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix, Santana. Um, But as far as like music today, it's usually more of like a fusion rather than 
like straight up just rock whereas like with hers performance it was she had like a guitar solo in her performance and i loved that i loved every minute of it of just that solo alone i mean i love the whole performance but for me the highlight of the performance was her guitar solo because it had like that rock um fusion in there and i just wish there was more genuine rock music like uh, that people love rather than like me having to go to my throwback playlist of like alternative rock from like the early 2000s and beyond you know i feel like that goes into the fact that every genre has its moment because i remember when rock and alternative had its moments it was early 2000s like i want to say 2005 six seven the end of it was probably like 2010 like and that's just stretch up until 10 I want to say... Like, 9 was probably, like, a good year for rock, but, like, 10 yeah. was probably when it started going downhill. 2009 was amazing. If I want to hear nostalgic moments of some of my favorite artists, I go to 2009. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's just, like, a fusion now. Kind of, like, it's pop rock, it's rock country, but, like, yeah. pop and hip-hop are the biggest genres right now more so hip-hop i feel like the fusion comes from one to appeal and appease the two audiences mm-hmm. and i feel like that's the safe route because it's like can you lose when you're kind of have two audiences on your side so i feel like that's why you'll get like a pop rock fusion or a pop rap fusion or a pop reggae infused album it's like let me just mix them together and then you know bring both fan bases together i think that's what artists are doing strategically yeah yeah definitely you have to be strategic these days but i just wish that um genres don't lose their homage to like where they came from right like for rock people think that the original rock came from like elvis john and cash like if you mm-hmm. like no it came from like i remember hearing from this and i had to l- google it to make sure it was legit and there's mm-hmm. A woman, a black woman named Sister Rosetta Tharp. Apparently, she's like the godmother of rock. It was like, now this is like gospel rock, but it's rock nonetheless. And if you go back further than that, there's no one. No one was doing rock before her. Oh, wow. And obviously, it was like of the times rock. So obviously, it's not the like the heart, the maybe like the rock that we know, but like mm-hmm. it's rock like before there was any other rock. So like it, it obviously has evolved. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I read where people like say Johnny Cash and uh, Elvis have like basically kind of um, interpreted their rock from her Mm -hmm. and most people don't even know who that is so when people say like oh rock is a white Mm -hmm. man's genre like no every genre is a has a history of black and brown people in it you know I think I saw an article it was a black woman Um, I saw it on Twitter I saved it. I bookmark a lot of stuff I see on Twitter, and sometimes I forget to go back. Um, but he basically was saying that Elvis stole a song from her, um, the lack of a better term. Basically, it is I mean, what it is. He's accused of stealing a lot of yeah, pe- lot of songs from people. I forgot the name of the song, but it's one of his big songs. Like um, It was something about Hound Dog, I think. That sounds very right. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't listen to Elvis that much, unless it's like, a yeah. soundtrack in a movie or something. Honestly, I feel like I shouldn't be listening to him. I've never listened to Elvis just based off of what I knew about him and how he took from black artists. I never really gave Elvis a chance. But um, I believe I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same. Yeah, I remember movie. looking up like 
some songs and videos so it is pretty gospel but you know it's just like of the time that's how you're gonna like appeal to most people at that time which yeah. is you know mostly talking about god and that's fine because it's still rock mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that was my take and and Haley williams also tweeted about this too you know being my favorite person on rock ever mm-hmm. and from paramore that's something both <laughs> mo and i love together yes. is paramore and we're hoping that at some point they'll come back on tour so he and i can go together but mm-hmm. paramore takes me back to my middle school high school days such a nostalgia paramore is the epitome of just my life in general yeah it's like and especially my childhood and Definitely. now that i'm an adult i can actually reinterpret their songs and understand like oh that's what they're talking mm-hmm. about, talking about. I play as a, a kid you never really know you're kind of kind of just guess because like you're in this little bubble at least for me i was like like and a kid like i can only guess like what they're going through just based on the songs but now i go back to like even our first album of like there's a song like here we go again or, mm-hmm. or um, brighter where you know you're kind of talking about um you kind of like miss someone but you don't like you kind of glad that they're gone like i understand that now because as a kid you kind of don't yeah it's like, <laughs> like i interpret meaning so different now like i listen to a lot of songs i listened to back then when I was younger, whether they were appropriate or not, I still listen to them. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I totally understand them now. Like, I had a cousin completely wipe my whole iPod because I had very inappropriate songs on my iPod. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, I got them all back. Like, I literally yeah. got my friend to re-put them back on my iPod the next day. Um, but yeah, with Haley, like, she <laughs> was basically saying, like, congrats to Billie Eilish, which... First of all, she won everything. I think she won everything she was nominated for, so congrats to her. But also, Haley Williams wanted to know basically what I just said, which is kind of what I'm going back to, is that rock just doesn't get enough press or like attention. It does Everyone's obsessed with pop and R&B. Not say R&B, um, sorry, hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a lot of pop, but mm-hmm. rock has ha- has always had a special place in my heart. And it's mostly because of Haley, but like... Also, other adjacent bands like Panic Disco, um, Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what else I call the Holy Trinity: Panic Disco, Paramore, and Fall Out Boy. Well, did you listen to AFI? Say what? AFI. I don't think I. That sounds vaguely familiar. I got into them. Um, Slipknot, Green Day. Slipknot's a little too aggressive for me. Um, not all their songs, but I got into some of their songs. Um, Panic at the Disco, like you said, Def Cap for Cutie. I Ride or Die for Panic and Disco kind um, of like i mean he's kind of doing going with frozen now and mm-hmm. i don't associate with frozen so i feel like his music is definitely not it's not for the same. Panic us anymore disco? Hmm? who for panic for brendan Urie. yeah um it's definitely not it definitely changed um i listened to a lot of his older songs his older songs yeah 30 seconds to mars um muse muse Coldplay. Sometimes my chemical romance, but not that much. All American Rejects was my basically in all of the early two thousands movies. Yes. Like uh John Tucker must die. Um she was she's the man with Amanda Bynes. Like my basically all American Rejects was in like all of those movies. What the fuck happened? Like that was such a that moment. Was such a great era. For I alternative rock. Like where is it now? Like no one can bring have, that shit back. I have a whole <laughs> playlist of just that era of just like early two thousands mm-hmm. alternative rock. And the latest ones were probably like when Demi Lovato first started, mm-hmm. like when she was right out the gate doing solo music. There was some like definitely pop rock 
elements which is essentially what that is is like this was a pop rock era so it yeah. was alternative slash pop rock it wasn't hard rock because i remember a lot yeah, of it was like, like a post uh what do they call it like post post rock or something yeah because a lot of metal heads were like oh it's trash like it's it's soft like there's some metal that i like i think there was three days grace that's a little that's just probably as hard as i'll get i mean i like to keep my hearing and my eardrums like because all that like all the, I don't do screamo. <laughs> every time I hear screamo, I feel like something's bad's gonna happen. This is like yeah. a soundtrack to like, oh, something's lurking in it. I don't know. There's just like, I'm just paranoid about screamo in general. I mean, I appreciate the production, the yeah, instrument, the work that the. I mean, they put a lot on their voices to sing like that. Like, I can appreciate it, but it's just like it's not exactly my taste. Like, I listen to Slipknot occasionally, so they have some of those elements, but not a lot. No, I mean, like, Paramore did one song called My Heart, and that had a screamo verse in it. That was the oh, only yeah. time they ever My heart, did yeah. a screamo in it. I feel like if you do soft rock, you have to do it at least one time so people, like, take you serious. It's like, okay, let me scream for y'all one time, because the metal heads, <laughs> the metal heads are going to say that we're putting out trash music and it's not real rock. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I love that, that yeah. era. That's just my favorite era of all time. But, you know, Gaga experimented a lot with rock music, too. Uh, electric chapel was it i think that one was kind of rock yeah born um, this way was very rock heavy metal lover heavy metal lover yes what's another one that was very rock she screamed in the song for a minute i was like wow it was on art i can hear it but i the song is not coming to mind i can hear her scream swine swine, swine wasn't yeah. a favorite but it was rock mm-hmm. but you know art pop was all over the place it was a good album uh, didn't she tweet saying like Art pop didn't happen. Well, you know, she didn't care for art pop. That's when her whole team left her because of her hip. They felt like she was basically useless, which is crazy. They felt like they couldn't make money off her anymore. So That's they, insane because Gaga is just like. They left her to die, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then she went into depression. And and even they paired her with fucking R. Kelly. Yeah, like, okay, that was her fuck up because we all knew R. Kelly's history before that. People just kind of ignored so, but it. Was that her idea or was that just like she's going along with it? Because there's a difference between just trying to keep the bees and just doing business as usual. Well, you know, do what you want. I could hear Chris Brown on it. I could have heard some male vocalists on it, but she oh, chose yeah, R. Kelly. Kind of a cool. Yeah. Maybe Neo. I was. I'm just trying to think of other R&B artists. I like, said, the, and uh, Neo was like the first one that came to my head. Like Usher. I said either Chris Usher or Trey, preferably. Oh, Trey could be cool. But it's like you chose R. Kelly. Like I feel like that was kind of a dent in her legacy. And then she took the song off. Someone else could have easily pulled that off. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's not get back into this deep hole of darkness again. (laughs) So going back, let's go to. So what was one of your other Grammy highlights? I loved Lil Nas X's ensemble. (laughs) His performance was cool, but like his ensemble was like everything. I remember like seeing it like a photo of him being interviewed everyone's like in gray or white and he's just like this pink essence just right in the middle you can't miss him yeah like it's it's a dope fit like i like his style but i was on twitter i'm always on twitter that's where i get my news (laughs) you'll find him on twitter more than me yeah i'm very um vocal and i use twitter a lot i took a like a four-year hiatus and then i got back into it but i tweet weird shit i remember tweeting about like a an imaginary friend that it turned out to be like a ghost that my parents could have swore was like a ghost because apparently I talked to ghosts as a kid. That's the shit I tweet. So like, <laughs> you want like real tweets? Just go to Mo. <laughs> yeah, like I I find everything on Twitter. I especially find a lot about pop culture, and I noticed a lot of people were saying, "Oh, like 
And it was a lot of this is this isn't an attack on anyone, but it was a lot of heterosexual black men to be specific that were saying that, oh, there's this gay agenda out and I guess in order for me to get a Grammy or any type of recognition from the awards academy, I have to dress like this and look like this. And this is the agenda that they're pushing on our kids. And I'm so sick of that conversation. There's no gay agenda. No one won a Grammy or got recognition because they were gay or because they dressed a certain way. It's just, can we applaud this man for this young man for winning and having a record breaking and achieving year? Um, off of one song, honestly. All of one song. And the way he did it was having like so many remixes of it. And apparently, mm-hmm. according to like Billboard, that's still under one song. Yeah, so, like he honestly doesn't have to put out another so one. That's strategic as fuck, but. <laughs> Lil Nas X can eat off of Old Town Road until he's no longer. He made enough money off of that song, I feel like. I mean, I still listen to it, but I don't know how much longer he can juice that. I know, but just off of royalties alone, like I feel like he definitely needs to put out some more singles. Like he put out a whole EP. You know, Panini was to cool. It. Yeah, it was good. Like honestly, I liked his. It made me e- hungry just hearing the title. But. Right, <laughs> I liked his EP. I like Panini's too, but I liked his EP because it was short and it was brief. I feel like two minute songs are the new thing, uh, or one minute songs. I know like people are used to that being an interlude or an outerlude, but I feel like. Because attention spans are getting shorter, which is sad. I feel like more artists are going to begin to put out short songs. Because Summer Walker put out a whole full-length album, and most of the songs were like, at most, two minutes and 50 seconds. I love long albums. I think the longest album I can name was probably, or at least my favorite. I'm going to do that. My favorite super long album was probably Paramore's self-titled album. That was probably the first time in a while when that came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, this is a long song. I mean, not a long song. This is a long album. Mm-hmm. There's like 14 songs, and then you got like bonus tracks and like interludes mm-hmm. and or intermissions. And that was a great album. That album won a Grammy for Ain't It Fun, which mm-hmm. they finally won a Grammy. I was like, yes, my favorite <laughs> band won a fucking Grammy. Anyway, back to the topic. Of but you Lil know, Nas. like, <laughs> but you know, um, a lot of albums back in the day were 14 to 20 songs. That was the normal. Now, albums, like shorter. Yeah, they're shorter. Um, and EPs were known as the shorter album. It's kind of like an EP is something that holds the consumer over until the album comes out. So an artist will put out like a, I don't know, three to five song EP, seven songs the most. That'll hold them over until they release the full length project will be like maybe 20 songs. Like, Paris did that, too. If you guys don't know who that is, that's a band from Massachusetts. I'm just going to say, yeah, like, Massachusetts, like, the Boston Lowell area. And they released an EP called Hallucinations. I want to say that was, like, four-ish songs. Four or five. I want to say four. I'm going to look it up. But that album, that, that, for example, was an EP to, like, hold us over into the (laughs) full-length album, which is hopefully going to be released very soon this year hopefully like we went to their concert during the summer and honestly it was so fun that was a highlight of our summer yeah and it was my first rock concert i had never been to a rock concert before and yeah i was his first that was the (laughs) and i had put no context all i said was i was his first i love that like i love stuff like that like you left it so open it's like his first what exactly (laughs) and we're both gay so it's like hmm Okay, I was right. It's those five songs. Hallucinations, Nightmare, Death of Me, uh, Things Are Better, and Old Wounds. It is like 20 minutes long. 
And when she introduced me to this band, the first thing I said was, oh, my God, they have elements of Paramore. They remind me so much of Paramore, even though they're so different. It's definitely like a post, any rock or alternative bands that come out now is definitely what I call like a post Paramore mm-hmm. era. The word for that would be like what? Posthumous? Post what? Posthumous. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like they definitely They Paramore. get compared to a lot, but it's hard to have an alternative rock band and have a female fronted one at that and not sound like Paramore. It's there's others obviously that there's obviously other female fronted bands out there. Paramore is just the most well known of it. So it's kind of hard to like not compare them to Paramore because Paramore mm-hmm. was probably just one of the most successful ones. Yeah. At least I'm, in my opinion. I also I'm just being biased because I have a fucking Paramore flag. I have like two posters. I, okay. I'm a Paramore fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> Paramore's amazing. Haley Williams amazing. Um, I loved when she started doing like her features with B.O.B. and she started like singing. Oh my god, Airplanes, Loki, the best song just ever in a any year. Just I love that song. Airplane. I feel like that song was Loki. It can be like a classic because it didn't feel very um like stuck on like oh this very feels very two thousand early two thousands like to me I feel like. It can kind of it kind of sounds a slightly dated because what's Bob doing now? I don't know. But also, Bob is out here saying the world is flat, and I don't know. I feel like his brand is. He's like, I have a, his album in there somewhere, <laughs> and I actually thought it was like Strange Clouds. I think it was called that album was actually pretty yeah, good. It was. That's one of his like is notably great. Like people always. I got that like on CD. That's how great that was. That is a good album. But anyway, but. I feel like that song to me is a classic. It is. There's also a part two with Eminem, which mm. is a lot, which was okay, but like I do like the first part better. Throw Eminem in the mix and it can get aggressive. When That's it's actually, I mean, it's essentially <laughs> what that is. Like, yeah. But yeah. I just I love that know. metaphor. Like airplanes in the night sky, like shooting stars. Like I never thought of airplanes in the night sky. And I think since then I've been like melodramatic and emo. Like yeah, <laughs> every plane I see now is a shooting star. I'm going to make a wish. It's so <laughs> simple, but at the same time, I never looked at the sky and was like, oh, that plane looks like a shooting star and it's night. Like I never. <laughs> speaking of. So poetic. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Haley, another thing is that she went kind of solo. She's still part of Paramore, mm-hmm. but they, I guess, let her put out some solo songs. Mm-hmm. And she put out Simmer, and it does sound definitely in a direction I've heard her going in after she put out After Laughter. Mm-hmm. Or they, I'll say, Paramore's a band, after they put out After Laughter. And um, I, I, it was a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. I liked it. The, the video was kind of like, I feel like it's tying into something else mm-hmm. that I might have missed. Yeah. So I might have to like backtrack and see what mm-hmm. this is a continuation of because that's what i saw in the right. comments was like oh this feels like it's time back to this like okay like i'm clearly asleep on something yeah i mean it's no shade but from what i've seen i feel like when you're in a band and you're the forefront and your bandmates don't have any vocal parts aren't you solo anyway because it's like, if they don't sing... I mean, they everyone knows their names. Now, there's a yeah. difference between... Like, okay, remember when we went to that Paramore... Not the Paramore. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. When we went to the Paris concert in September. Yeah. Okay, when we saw Upsall, I thought that was a whole band, but mm-hmm. it's actually just her. Yeah. 
and I didn't know that until like after I looked her up and something and her Instagram is just her. Yeah. So that's when I learned that Upsol is just her and I assumed it was just that was the name of the whole band because mm-hmm. she had a band behind her. Yeah. Um so that's but like everyone knows her name, mm-hmm. but uh Haley Williams has definitely made a point for years for like the past decade that uh these are my bandmates, mm-hmm. know their name, they're yeah. important, they're my family. Mm-hmm. You know, it is important. In so the I band. know their names. There was like Jeremy Taylor, and then you got the Fair Brothers, Zach and Josh. So like, I made a point to like, if these people are important to her, then I'm gonna remember everybody. They're a band. They're a collective. It's mm. not just her. And of course, she tried to fight, trying to make her the center of attention, making sure that like everyone's included. Yeah, and. I appreciate that because I feel like with bands, so many people get lost in the main artist, the person that's the face of the band, but it's a whole collective team. Like, that person isn't just singing. Like, they have a pianist and they have a drummer. And, you know, they have someone who probably plays the synth. You know, you just never know. And then there's Panic at the Disco where they slowly evolved into a solo act Mm -hmm. where, you know, they had... um, you had uh, Brandon Uri, of course, but then you had like t- Ryan. No, sorry, Ryan. His name was name, and then Spencer, the drummer, and then there was I think his name was Josh is also mm-hmm. in that band, and s- slowly they started like leaving. I think Ryan was the first to leave and be in his own band, and then it was just Spencer and uh, Brandon for a while, mm-hmm. and now it's just Brandon Uri and. I think uh, Haley Williams was trying to avoid that for a while because every album has a different lineup. Oh, yeah. It's true. I think I want to listen to some Paramore tonight. Paramore and... We can listen to it it on the car when I drop you off. Yeah. I kind of want to go... I want to listen to Paramore and then I want to listen to No Doubt also because before Paramore, I was listening to No Doubt and it's kind of where I kind of got my love for a rock band that has a female... Um, vocalist because mm. I think No Doubt was first that was like late 90s mm-hmm. yeah. with Gwen Stefani and then I discovered Paramore in the early 2000s and it really hasn't and now Paris with a, a leading female so who's lesbian who's lesbian <laughs> yeah and actually we we're met. gonna see them in I wanna say July I got the tickets already but it's in like seven months so I wanna say it's Dang, july. in july july is seven months away <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's it's july and they're opening for halsey and then mm-hmm. i think black bear is gonna be there i've heard of them but i don't know if i i'm sure i've heard one song but they yeah. sound vaguely familiar so you know just because their concerts in july that time is probably really gonna fly by just yeah. because we have something planned so we're about to be like halfway through the year and, and halsey's like, cool yeah like this I, year's gonna be quick I i'm feel like. there for mostly for paris but i I can chill with Halsey. Yeah, like Halsey's fine. Like she has some songs that I really love. Like one that I listen to more so than others is Bad. She was love. was she even at the Grammys? Um, I don't know. As I saw her on a carpet somewhere, but I don't think it was the Grammys one. I know she's usually at other she's awards somewhere. like AMAs, um, BMAs. I don't think she's at that point where she would have like a mm. Grammy song. If anything, without me was pretty big. I feel if like any, so if she got a Grammy for any song, it probably would have been that one or maybe Clementine. That one was a bit more. I feel like this more Grammy taste. Yeah. Is for if I can kind of get a sense of what the taste of music of the Grammys Academy is like, mm-hmm. maybe Clementine. But I mean, I'm noticing that certain artists, it seems like they can't get the Grammy unless they're 
I'm not gonna say can't get, but it seems like the award academy doesn't recognize them unless they collaborate or their song is attached to like a movie or a soundtrack or something. She f- did a song with Justin Bieber for God's sakes, but she's done other notable collaborations mm. as well. I don't know. I feel like they snub so many people, and I feel like it's a a popularity contest too, almost. Because I don't think Ari won anything. But not this year. Thank you. Next was a great album. They were saying she got snubbed. Um, I feel like that word is thrown around so loosely by stands. That okay, feel but everyone was snubbed at the Oscars. Can we just say that? Yeah, I mean everyone. <laughs> everyone I, we care about at least. Okay, the fact that what was that movie Us? Every no, that didn't get one nomination, I believe. And I feel like that's Lupita's most because we saw that movie together. We we're low key drunk, but yeah. <laughs> it was such a great <laughs> movie. At least we pre I won't say we were drunk. We pre gamed. We pre gamed. Yeah, and. W- that was just an amazing movie. Probably one of my favorite horror movies to date right now. Uh, I was close to saying like the best movie of all, of, of all time for me personally, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it's just amazing for its genre right now. Um, but the fact that I didn't get anything, like the Oscars are asleep. I think there was a snub because I know Lupita for a fact went through a lot for their role. Like, the way she was talking when she was the other version of her, like the dark yeah. version. like That, that could have been easy. It wasn't because I watched the interview and she was like, she had to go back and forth between playing the version of her that was on Earth and the other version of her. And she was like, it was a lot of strain on her voice. And she was inspired by like an actual um, disease. Mm-hmm that causes your voice to be raspy. So she got a lot of backlash. And he was like, oh, she was mocking the disease, but... She actually raised awareness to it because a lot of people didn't know that was an actual disease. Like she, I never heard of it until that movie. She studied the disease and emulated it in the movie. Um, mm. And that movie fucked me up. Also, like at the end, it did. But I kind of always thought about that. Like even as a child, I would look in mirrors and be like, "Hmm." I didn't look at a mirror for a week, <laughs> and that's really hard. It didn't scare me. It just was one of those movies where I left the theater with my. It really opened my mind to be like, oh, hmm, I wonder. And I feel like Jordan Peele's films do that. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. As I remember, when we left the theater, I went to the restroom. I think we were with Brio and someone else. It was Brio and her brother, I yeah. believe. Was it? Was we were with it? someone. Oh, was it George? No, it wasn't Georgie. We were with someone else. It was me. I don't remember who was there, and I feel bad. You. Or was it just us three? Yeah, it was us three. It must have been just us three. Because her brother hadn't moved there yet. So it was just yeah, because we saw a different movie with them. We saw Hustlers. We saw Hustlers, yeah. Anyway, so I left the restroom. I came back. And you guys made a joke like, oh, is it really you? Because, like, you know, yeah. that's kind of how the movie <laughs> went. Like, you leave for one second. They come back. But really, you don't know that's their evil twin. But you didn't have on burgundy or scissors. So was it? <laughs> <laughs> Not the same universe. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. The award shows have just been, like over the place loki disappointing mm-hmm. at least to me i tend to not watch or shows in general when i was younger i watched them much more than i do now i mean it's easier when you're with your parents and they have mm-hmm. cable but like right now i'm streaming and it's actually kind mm-hmm. of hard to watch them anyway and you know i learned the politics of award shows as i got older and i learned it's not about how good you are it's honestly at the end of the day they vote and i feel like it's popularity like honestly i can't see anything else and like once you learn the politics of award shows it's not fun anymore mm-hmm. like 
moment of silence for the <laughs> death of award shows. Because <laughs> in the back in the day, they were so much better. Like I remember watching the BET Awards, and I remember BET is still really cool though to me. I think I don't remember mm-hmm. the last one I saw, but I remember it being cool. I feel like a lot of the mainstream artists who used to be there, like Beyonce and Rihanna and Nicki Minaj, they don't show up anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all those artists have kind of boycotted it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how the next round of award shows go as the months go on. Honestly, award season is pretty exciting. Um, and we feel it at work too. Like, oh god, it's award season. Everyone's trying to get their, trying to get their gown. Yeah, like working in retail and fashion, like you definitely know when it's award season. Like, and you feel it too, because like at the end of the day, you shipped a bunch of like high-end garments and gowns and stuff, and you just know, like, oh, it's award season. so aside from award season like january's been full of hot topics um i recently noticed day before yesterday i want to say that the lgbtq center in hollywood made a post and it was like oh we're no longer government funded so there was like no more free std and sti testing and it's like that's a big part of our community because so many LGBTQ youth and individuals don't have insurance for various reasons. Yeah. Um, an example would be trans women, and I'll say trans men too. Um, a lot of them can't find work, and a lot of people get insurance through their work. Me, I got insurance for the first time through my job, which is full-time, and a lot of... um. Unfortunately, a lot of LGBT youth don't have that. So it's very fundamental that we have government funded places like the LGBTQ Center in Hollywood that allows people to come in and get free STI testing and treatment and prep or medication or whatever they may be on. So to see that was very alarming and disappointing. And then literally a couple hours later, I got on and it was like, oh, we restored this, um, the the funding due to a public outcry, and I was like, like "Ooh, never mind." What? Like, okay, <laughs> that w- when he told me about what happened, I'm just like, "What the fuck did you think was gonna happen?" People are obviously gonna be upset. Like, do you think people were just gonna like go silently? No. Right, but a public outcry. I just didn't like how it was worded. Like, okay, there are people who depend on the LGBTQ Center for everything that they offer. I've never been there. I go to other places. Um. I just haven't actually had the opportunity to check it out thoroughly. I went there once for um, a podcast live recording for an an L word podcast called to Ellen back, which that recaps generation Q and the OG L word series. And they were having like a whole party like for you to mingle and listen to a live recording with the actual cast of generation q so that was fun and i was at the lgbt center i think there's a couple locations but i was at one of them i don't remember so i don't know if it's that one specifically but i do recognize the premises for it was because i remember the scene of like bet porter was like filming there for like a, a political reason and like for her character and I recognize being there. So I only that's the only time I've ever been there. Um, but I would like to check it out one day. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you're LGBTQ, you should definitely check it out and see if they offer something for you. Because I like, I even heard they have study groups. And I like study groups. S- study for what? Anything. Like anything? 
you know, like they have study groups for African Americans, um, study groups for. You mean like one similar to yours? I don't know how often, but they have like gay. No, like is yours? Is that what you mean by study group? Like something like? Well, I do one. I do one separate from the LGBTQ community. It's actually no, but it's like what you mean by study group? Like they're trying to do a study and they need like a group of people. Yeah, like just. I was not sure which because like when you say study group, I'm thinking like they're all trying to get together and do homework. No, no, (laughs) um, study groups is like it'll be like a a topic, Mm -hmm. and whatever applies to you. Like I'm in a study group for. It's called HYM, H-Y-M, Healthy Young Men, and it's for black and Latina um, men who are between the ages of 18 and 24. I started when I was like 21, 22. Um, I've been doing it for years now, and basically it's specifically for that. And we talk about sex, therapy, um, lifestyles, mental health, and it's specifically for black and Hispanic men. So they have specific, like they may have a um, black lesbian um study cool. group. yeah i would love to be part of a study i've always wanted to volunteer more too and i think the best way for me to feel good about it would probably be some sort of lgbt focused um volunteer work too yeah so yeah. that'd be cool um it's a great way to make friends too and just like meet people outside of work because making friends as an adult is like fucking hard difficult and i noticed i'm like so grateful for you <laughs> i'm grateful for you too like it was such an organic um meeting like i feel like we it's would- my chance too because we work together so mm-hmm. that's just like where would we have run into each other if we didn't work together i feel like we never would have because i mean i had been in la at that point for like three and a half years and, and i had just moved you had just moved so i don't know if we would have crossed paths but it was still so organic that had we not met in work had we just met off a whim i feel like we still would have clicked but yeah because we both love talking, so, like, I'm sure yeah. we would have, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I need to talk to this person again. Yeah, and back to, like, making friends as an adult. Like, one day I was just sitting there. I was like, I really only made my friends in work in the short period of time I was in college. Outside of that, I really don't know how to make friends, like, as an adult. I mean, I don't just walk up I've to people. I've been trying, so I'm <laughs> maybe I should, like, start journaling this. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I went out to this bar, and I mingled, and I got some numbers, but they didn't call me back. Yeah. And that was a failure. Okay, I guess we're going to do new passages and try again. <laughs> <laughs> but also, as, as an adult, you have to be mindful with who you call a friend, because adults are so different than when you're making friends. As a Yeah, I don't take friend lightly. I'll say, like, acquaintance, yeah. someone I met once went on a couple of dates with but that's kind of like as far as it goes and then as an adult you have to have all these separate friend groups and when i say you have to you have to because it's like you were mentioning us the other day how like if you had your all your friends in one room you don't think we would probably all get along or like really at least mix well yeah because you never know like i have it makes me curious what other friends you have that i might not well no it's well. N- it's not to say that they're bad people like when i say that it doesn't honestly not i just yeah. mean like we have like maybe such different interests that like we just may not be able to like carry on together on our own without you yeah and it's like i've mixed friend groups before and it's like you you just don't know it when they're adults and it's like I don't look at people that I've met at work as a coworker. I scraped that term the moment we made like a genuine connection. You're a friend. Like I'm not like, oh, it's my coworker. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're friends. And it's like I feel like from my past experiences, nothing negative happened, but it's just like, oh, you put them in a the room together and it's like quiet. Because yeah. my friends from outside of work are like, oh, these are your work friends. And my work friends are like, oh, well, I don't know these people. And it's just like, will they click? You know, will they 
not mesh well together, but it's not like I don't have any bad people around me or anything. It's just like during my birthday weekend, I did something with my friends that I work with. And then I did something with like my other friends. And it wasn't that like, oh, these people can't meet each other. It's just like, it's just a thing, you know? Yeah, I definitely have done that too. And these days it's even hard to mm-hmm. try to be on the same page on the yeah. people with establishing what kind of connection you have. Mm-hmm. And even with dating, that's what that happens and that's why like i'm getting close to finally going on a couple of days with people mm-hmm. and that's probably where i need that free sti testing i mean i have insurance mm-hmm. but it would be if i can get it for, for free i'm gonna get it for free right so i would like and i'm not currently sexually active but i know at some point mm-hmm. i will be right and i'm gonna need that sti testing and gay sex education in general is mm-hmm. just like almost non-existent so i'm relying on other sources mm-hmm. and so to have very little such education about being homosexual or gay or trans mm-hmm. and then put on top of that that we can't even take the initiative to be tested right it's just like fucking us up like right it doesn't ha- like help. you're you're compromising our health sexual health is just is just as vital as just your overall health and since we're unpacking i'm just going to unpack all the way and just put it all out on the table i do feel like gay sex should be in schools and yeah, i know because this country like you can't just assume everyone's straight that's just dangerous and i'm right and i know it's controversial but i literally was in school and i remember being in sex ed and it was all these mutilated pussies and dicks that had the worst cases of herpes and all types of Wait, they showed you images of that they showed us images and it's like worst case scenario like yours is already more progressive than mine because all this i'm pre- i don't remember mine even that much but mine's mostly abstinence yeah like they showed us actual pictures and they scared the shit out of me because it's not like it's worst case scenario pictures like it would be something of like someone with herpes all up their legs and it's like covering their body like that's worst case scenario that usually doesn't happen so they're trying to scare you into not having sex basically and it's like i was what 12 13 14 maybe and it's like i'm learning about sex already so what's any difference it's not it didn't turn me out like i only would have turned me out that would have like okay not having sex then thank you i mean yeah for some people influenced by school (laughs) by like you know people in school but i feel like that didn't persuade me to be straight so what's the problem with teaching gay sex in school it's not like anyone's trying to force your child to be gay doesn't know the difference it doesn't it's like there are gay kids in school that could appreciate the information it's like they get out of school and they know nothing about gay sex because they've been shown nothing but straight sex while they're in school it's not sex ed like y'all are teaching sex ed but only on one end of the spectrum the most sex ed i got was actually not even in sex ed it was in biology class where Mm -hmm. our teacher would just show us male and female anatomy Mm -hmm. and of course being the immature people that we are (laughs) we're giggling at like the side of like fallopian tubes and penises yeah. and prostates and all that stuff i think we all but were that was like age. the most sex ed i've had and it was even in the actual sex ed class mm-hmm. and i was like even in like junior year that was sex ed started officially like when seventh grade for me mm-hmm. which is like generally late ish for me in my mm-hmm. opinion but junior year and now i'm like oh this is what my ovaries are for mm-hmm I'm like, what, 16? I should know that. I mean, when I was in school, they would either have a third-party um, individual come in that wasn't a teacher or anything. They'd just come in and teach us about sex ed. Or 
I don't know if your school was like this, but sometimes the PE teacher would like step in and be like sex ed or like that's a very mean girl scene or history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I went to a school where like the history teacher would be like, I don't know, he would step in and be like a math teacher or a science teacher or something. I'm like, oh okay, but yeah. Now that you mentioned it, that I mean, was someone's <laughs> gotta do it. So maybe they just pick some random teacher or like, okay, who wants to do it? Yeah, like, but I think, all right, all right, I'll do it. Right, like I'll do it. I'll I'll talk to them about sex, <laughs> but it's like most of my knowledge on sets came from. I think I talked about this on another episode, watching porn and just doing my own research. In high school, for me, it was actually my friends who knew too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least in my opinion, they knew more than they probably should have. But or at least in my again, this, this is my opinion. I'm sure they know more than John. They know just enough. Yeah, but for me, they knew a lot more. And every time I would say like. Okay, this is literally what happened. So it was taco day at, <laughs> in the cafeteria. And of course, I'm excited for tacos. <laughs> and if you don't know, I'm also a very clumsy woman. And on my way to my friend's table, because, you know, high school, you got clicks. So we have mm-hmm. our, you know, usual table. On my way there, which is like all the way in the back near the near a giant window. So it's like I have, have a long walk. And I almost dropped my tray of tacos <laughs> like a couple of times wow. and then i told them like you know oh my god guys i almost dropped my tacos and they're like oh my god with who i'm like oh my god no <laughs> i didn't have sex i didn't realize that was like a sex phrase i've never heard that term i've heard tacos maybe it's just like me and my group of friends in my school and just a combination of things but apparently like anything to do with tacos and losing it or dropping i guess that meant like you had sex with somebody i mean i think Maybe it's a Kelly thing, but I think I had a friend who referenced her vagina or sex as far as like being a taco or something or something in the form of the context has something to do with tacos. And I was like, (laughs) okay, so I've heard it before. (laughs) So I was just like, okay. (laughs) Funny. But yeah, that being most of my sex that came from, I say most, a lot of it came from them because they would mention like white substances. Mm. And I'm like, what is that? And they're like, we, what do you mean you don't know what that means? I'm oh. like, because, um, like, I'm sheltered as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain what white stuff means? And they're, so they're trying to explain, like, secretions of both men and women mm-hmm. and, like, things that come out during sex. I'm like, okay, gross, but cool. Th- now I've learned something today. <laughs> so I'm excited because I'm actually going to the sex museum in New York next month. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Is that the same one Carly and I went to? Yeah. Oh, that looks like so much fun. I'm actually really excited. So I'm going to be in New York for, I think, either two days, and then I'm going to be in Connecticut, too. I'm saving him for New York, so I would definitely want to go there. But my dad has been talking about coming with me, mm. so I don't know if I want to go to a sex museum with my dad there. You know So what? maybe there will have to be, like, a day where, like, okay, cool, we're in it together. We're going to do some family time. But this, okay, see, like, Tuesday, mm-hmm. I don't know, just picking a random day. <laughs> Tuesday, we're going to do our own thing for one day. Yeah. You can go, like, I don't know, see the Yankees or something. Yeah. But I'm going to go to this, like, thing with a bunch of boobs and vaginas. <laughs> see, I feel like it would be easier with, like, I feel like, see, I would go with my mom. You, wait, you would go to a sex museum with your mom? Or my dad. I feel like, I mean, that's how I with got my mom, here. I, I would. I'm very (laughs) close to my dad, but I don't know how close. And if I want to test how close, Mm -hmm. the sex museum could definitely be that. So daughter, dad, I don't know. But I see daughter, mom going to the sex museum together. Yeah, that's a given. And maybe son and father. But the only reason why I didn't say that is because I don't really talk to my dad that much. I talk to my mom more. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm gay, so I feel like I would go with my mom. Yeah, but I'm gay. Because I feel like we kind of have a similar personality. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. This feels like a slight double standard. No, but you also <laughs> talk to both of your parents. Yes, I do. Yeah. True. And I can't also, go with both of them. That would just be a mess. But I'm also, I don't like the same anatomy as my dad. So it's like, we'll be looking at two different things in the museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas me and Actually, my- I mean- Okay, in that case, then I guess me and my dad could go, but like as long as he doesn't make it weird, <laughs> right? He's like, oh look, a tit. I mean, I love <laughs> pussies. I feel like they're beautiful. I okay, but like I don't want to discuss it with my dad. Like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> no, trying, to, I'm trying to imagine <laughs> what that conversation would look like. Oh, hey, dad, aren't pussies great? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like they could. After a few drinks. <laughs> okay, you know what. Actually, when he, my, my dad came to visit on his birthday, the first thing he said was like, let's take a shot. So mm-hmm. we're definitely on that. We're getting to that level. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like the only way that, that conversation would happen would be like if it was coming from like a sex health education. Let's talk about it, the technical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Not in a, like, oh, I like to eat pussy. Do you too? I mean, I'm not going to go to my mom and be like, yeah, I just suck dick. Like, it's just it's, <laughs> it's a way you go about things. <laughs> I mean, I think I did tell her one time I was sexually active and I did go into um description about what happened and I felt very weird afterwards. I was like, Well, yeah, that's that. But I mean my my <laughs> mom actually brought up sex for the first time. Was she was the first person to bring sex up mm-hmm. in my life. So yeah, it was definitely not me. Because okay. she like she, um you know, 'cause being where we are and obviously teenagers will be teenagers. Mm-hmm. So being, I was like, what, 13 or 14? Right. She w- was thinking that maybe I was thinking about sex. Mm-hmm. And I was more so just being concerned of getting my braces off. Right. <laughs> right. things to worry about. <laughs> like my teeth are straight or they're getting straight and I just want to get them removed. Like I'm not worried about sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder, oh, you know what? I wonder what is going down with braces feel like for both people. Um, I heard it's it's got to be weird. If I had braces, I honestly wouldn't go down on anybody. Because, like, that's got to be, like, cuts happening. It could happen. Um, Probably to do, like, a lot of tongue. I've never had anyone go down on me with braces. Now, see, okay. Suck on a deck with braces, probably a whole mm-hmm. other worry than, like, maybe two women and one of them has braces. Because it takes skill to suck, di- suck dick with teeth and make it not feel like teeth Wait, is there. Is teeth, adding teeth a good thing? No, I'm saying no. it takes skill to suck dick. Because I know you don't want to bite. That's as much as I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, to suck dick and have braces and also give the the feeling of no teeth <laughs> can be a lot. Like, if I had braces, I just would be like, you know what? We'll wait. We'll wait. I just don't even want to. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> yeah we're just like I'm sitting here and now I'm sitting here thinking about sucking dick with braces and like sucking dick with no teeth but I have teeth so <laughs> we're good we're good <laughs> okay um but yeah I'm glad that the LGBTQ center has you know their free STI testing mm-hmm. so that way eventually when I do have sex and yeah. I promise myself I will right that's the that's the New Year's resolution and let me add that I feel like STI and STD testing should be free anyway because every time I've gotten it done, it took literally like less than five minutes. It doesn't take long at all. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's the doctors. You know I'm wondering now is that like at one point do you ask a new date or someone new that you're seeing like, okay, like, do you want to go get STI testing together? Is that like a try some? Is that something you try to make a cute date out of, or is that something you do? Because I feel like doing it together could be like a cool bonding thing. I don't know. I just what I heard. I've seen this conversation before, and me honestly. I don't mind it being like a cute thing together because you need to know you need to be very transparent up front. And I feel like you should do that. Like you need to know. Because are you really giving full consent mm-hmm. if you're not completely being transparent about your STI status? Yeah, it shouldn't you're be not. anything that you feel weird about asking because it's like if you're going to fuck somebody, you go down on them, suck their dick, eat their pussy, eat their ass. Like you should you feel to comfortable sucking and <laughs> on. And you should be comfortable enough to ask them, hey, you want to get tested together? If you're comfortable enough to like strip down in front of them and do all that, you know? Yeah. And if they give you any type of weird vibe or like, uh, like. I wouldn't even go for it with it because it's like I'm getting tested. I know my status. You should feel comfortable too. And you should want to be like, you should want to know, you know? Yeah. It makes sex more funner when you know and you're more open. Yeah. Yeah. When you definitely just like feel safer. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know people who ask for paperwork or documents proving that they're clean. And I feel That's like. That's fair. I mean, I would probably look mm-hmm. to do that. Like, yeah. oh, you say you're you're tested and you're clear mm-hmm. um can i have that in writing <laughs> right and i have it in email if i had to send it to someone um i get tested every six months usually you're supposed to get tested every three months if you're active um, once i anticipate them going to have sex i'll po- most likely make an appointment to get tested right before mm-hmm. it happens that way when i know i also need to get a pap smear soon too um because with my vaginismus, it hasn't been possible, but mm-hmm. now I can. Okay. And I need to do it actually pretty soon because um, they need to see. It helps to know what's wrong with my vagina if mm-hmm. they know what it looked like before when it was healthy. Like assuming that something went wrong. Right. Like, so that way can have like a before and after. Mm-hmm. If they don't know what it looked like before, then it kind of makes it a little harder to like mm-hmm. diagnose it, I guess. I know that's what I heard too from my doctors. I feel like vaginas are so interesting. Vaginas are complicated. Mm-hmm. I love I love having one, but I also hate having one. It's so many parts. And There's so many. Okay, <laughs> I'm not. I'm unapologetically ignorant of like all the parts that I have. I know there's like labia, clitoris. There's a labia majora and a menorah. Do I can I point those out? No, but I got a laundry list of them. As long <laughs> as you know which parts need the most attention, and number one is the I clitoris. Know how to clean it. I know how to take care of it. And that's all that matters, cleaning it, taking care of it, and knowing which part needs the most attention. Again, the clit. (laughs) Yeah. I have a lot of fun with the clit, so. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, like, And even I know that, and I'm I'm gay. I've only had, like, two experiences with women. mm -hmm. So, and I wasn't opposed to it. You know what? Even though I've been having a crush on guys lately, Mm -hmm. I honestly, I've been really trying to, like, sit down and think about it i don't see myself having sex with someone that has a penis and it's been weird because like i think if anything i'm like only emotionally attracted to men if mm-hmm. if any that's assuming there is one but it just doesn't happen often but it's usually an emotional thing mm-hmm. and if only that was a thing like oh can we go on dates and maybe kiss but that's kind of it right that, like that's not a thing unless the guy's like asexual or something I can definitely resonate with you on that. I'm emotionally attracted to women. 
Um, I do have fantasies. Yeah, I've had fantasies, but like it's been new mm-hmm. feeling like I don't think I actually want to have this in real life. They're not even always sexual. It's literally just like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to have a partner and come home to a woman and, you know, do relationship type things. It's n- literally not always sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, It's like I build a whole different like life. Like what if I was not the gay mode but like a straight mode like in an alternate universe like how different would i be you know yeah sometimes i wonder that too but i'd rather not but (laughs) when people ask my sexuality and not what i say is that i am a pansexual son Mm -hmm. and lesbian rising because by definition (laughs) i'm pansexual i think you and i had this conversation a couple times and i know i've mentioned this with someone else but i i say lesbian rising because i do strongly prefer women right. but whenever i it's hard, weird to say look for women but when i look for women um a lot of times they don't either completely mm-hmm. they don't completely identify as women right. or um even entirely mm-hmm. um so they either identify as like he because because i always like the androgynous bush looking women so sometimes mm-hmm. there's a gray area of like okay i thought you're a woman but I didn't say that loud, so I didn't offend you. But also, right. I made that assumption to myself, and I d- discovered that you're actually just masculine presenting, mm-hmm. or and or trans. Right. And that doesn't bother me. I s- if I have a connection with someone, I still want to see this through. But I say rising because it's kind of just like, at the end of the day, I was still looking for a woman. But like by definition, the label didn't bother me. Right, and I, I too find myself being attracted to masculine presenting women. Women, um, I always have been. <laughs> like there would even be a guy that like adorn adorns himself like almost as a soft butch lesbian, and it's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> I don't like my. I'm so confused when I look at them. Like mm-hmm. you have, if you were a woman, you'd be a soft butch, and it's really confusing mm-hmm. because soft butch is my favorite right <laughs> and it's just like my brain doesn't know what to do yeah <laughs> because i know you have a penis in there but like i i don't i can't do anything about it <laughs> right <laughs> for me is i'm such a connections type of person that the connection comes first and then like anatomy and all that comes later um, i can't say it the same it's like half and half yeah <laughs> like we may have a connection but like what do you got on, what do you have going on down there it's like we connecting but it's a dick down there wait <laughs> right <laughs> so with january coming to an end i guess because i mean i feel like it's like it's currently the 29th <laughs> so scheduling work great i feel like january has like 35 days <laughs> so you know what comes after january basically valentine's day which is all of February. I feel like it's just pink and red shit everywhere. Um, our magic eight ball question today is, will we have Valentine's this year or will we just be buying chocolates and flowers for ourselves and masturbating? Right. That's usually <laughs> how every year for me goes, but I'm feeling really good. I feel like today's my year. Not today, but I feel like the next month is my year. I wouldn't mind a Valentine this year. I mean, I never minded it, but it's just like every year it was just not in my favor. Mm-hmm. 
So let's see. What does the magic eight ball say? What does it have Will for us? Will we have dates this year or we're going to be alone? <laughs> Without a doubt. Yes. 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 Put we're it in the <laughs> universe. We're going to do universe. it. I mean, we're attractive people. Why not? Like, if they don't, they're sleep. They're sleeping on us. <laughs> really though that's just what it comes down to yeah. if, like if you're not into me you're literally asleep for real and i'm not even that big on Valentine's <laughs> i need Day. to have that level of confidence <laughs> at that point exactly i mean it's a cute holiday and you know i'm not it's not my favorite holiday but you know it's cute it comes around every year and it's like i've nice. had like one good valentine's day yeah but that was a while ago um so yeah i'm ready for a redemption you just nod like that was so sad. Um, um, I don't know. We start talking about exes and shit, and I start thinking about mine. I'm just like, oh. Um. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll just end it there. <laughs> so you can follow the gay child on Twitter at the gay child pod, and you can follow the gay child on Instagram, the gay child podcast. Um, and you can follow me Tate for uh, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Tater Tot five twenty two. That's T A T E rtot522 um and mo show your insta and twitter i'm working on having all my handles the same so it's less confusing because i like when people's social media handles i've seen some somebody's have different ones and get away with it but i don't know if we can say the same yeah i mean who knows what i'll do but for now my instagram is mo base that's m-e-a-u-x-b-a-s-s and my twitter is mo music awesome and that is our episode it's a little bit longer and that was a great wrap up to january so we think (laughs) this is going to be a regular thing where um every last thursday we're going to just wrap it up just going to recap the whole month the whole month things that we like i said again things that couldn't make the episode like a full episode um but we felt was relevant at least to us and don't forget to rate us subscribe us um please do let us know share us yeah, or send us a letter. We do have a Gmail that is thegaychildpodcast at gmail.com. Send us whatever you want. Send us a letter. Send us ma- send us magic eight ball questions. We're always scrambling for more. We're always down for new eight ball questions. If you have a magic eight ball question, um, then please send us those e- either on our socials, email us. Um, but do please rate us on iTunes. That would really help us out a lot. Share it with your friends. Um, and yeah. So we hope you have a very gay day. We hope you have a very <laughs> morning and a very gay life. Love <laughs> Any you. Any last moments. <laughs> the gay child. Yep, the gay child. We're going to hopefully just have dates for Valentine's Day. Wish us luck. And sex, you know. And sex. Or and chocolate. <laughs> yes, sex, chocolate. Go have as much or as little sex and chocolate as much as you want. It's your day. It's your day. Love it's your it. life. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye.